Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best. I'm Trey Gonzalez, and I'm very excited to introduce the guest we have on today, pro ball pitcher in the Blue Jays organization, Mike Pasco, and uh, he's been gracious enough to kind of get back to us on Instagram and set up the interview. Dude, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, definitely looking forward to kind of you know going through my story and uh, how I got to where I am today and how you know, I'm trying to look to inspire other people too that you know go through the same stuff I did. And uh, definitely excited to kind of get my story out there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about it today. Heck yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to start from your origins, man. Like just kind of where everything started to happen for you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? And how it shaped you. It's it's a little bit different for me. I can't really pronounce the the name of your city, but you definitely can. I wanted to know how you got shaped by your hometown. Yeah, for sure. So I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, it's very hard to say and spell, but uh, you just look <laughs> it up, you'll be able to find it. It's about an hour north of New York City, so you can take a train right into New York City. So it's not too far, but it's not right in the city. So it's kind of a good location, uh, right near the Hudson River. It's a huge area, so. I grew up there. I went to high school, uh, Arlington High School, and uh, so I grew up there. You know, so I'm a New York kid. You know, from the Northeast, grew up. You know, winters. You know, shoveling snow, Ooh. all that. And I feel like that kind of made me kind of, you know, not take anything for granted. Like not taking being on the ball field, you know, for granted. You know, yeah. growing up, you know, I didn't get to get on a field till about April every year. And like my other kids, you know, from California, Texas, Florida, they're all out there all year round. And for six months of the year, I'm I'm sitting inside trying to, you know, throw into a net or do something. And it's mm. just, it was just very tough uh, for me growing up. And then, you know, when I actually got to that level where I had to compete with kids from those areas and those states, it, it was a huge, like, like kind of, you know, smack in the face. I was like, wow, like, these kids are, you know, ready to roll like, all the time. And I feel like I'm just behind the ball. So I had to extra work extra hard to get to their level. And that kind of didn't really start happening until I was in college where I was able to get around them more and kind of see what they did and kind of mm. learn for uh, what I need to do to kind of catch up. And then that eventually, I think, led me to get into professional baseball, which I'm very thankful for. But I, I think growing up in the Northeast kind of, you know, helped me, you know, kind of be tough and, you know, not take it for granted because now I get a chance, you know, go out on the field from February until September because, you know, spring training, I get down to Florida now. And that's just a, you know, huge step in my life. And it's been a, definitely been a blessing. But, yeah, yeah where I'm from is uh, I think it's been a huge part of my life. And uh, I'll always, you know, represent it. It's, it's been an honor so far since I've been in professional baseball. Yeah, so I wanted to know kind of what fueled your initial love for the game. You said you obviously had that burning desire in you while you were, you know, like you said, shoveling snow and just kind of in the off season for much longer than a lot of people have to deal with. What was it that you decided, you know what, I'm going to chase baseball when there's still other sports. I'm sure you were athletic enough to play in other sports as well. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Yes, of course. Uh, well, it's actually a funny story. Um, I, when I was growing up, you know, my parents were like, hey, you want to play t-ball? Mm. And um, so they signed me up. I'm six years old. And, uh, you know, I, I give it a couple practices and stuff, and I hated it. I hated baseball. Mm. <laughs> and I, they're like, well, Mike, you can't quit. You know, we're not going to raise a quitter. And I was like, all right, I understand. I'm six years old, and I understood that. So I finished out the year, you know. And I was like, all right, I'm done with baseball. You know, no big deal. Next year comes around. I'm seven. Same thing. They're like, hey, do you want to play baseball? I'm like, mm. yeah, I do. And they were like, well, you're not going to quit, right? Like, don't want to quit. I was like, no, I'll be good. Same thing happened. Wanted to quit about two practices in. That, you know, <laughs> same thing. That made me finish it out. Uh-huh. And then the next year, I remember I was eight years old, and I had to beg them to let me play because they were like, no, like, we don't want the same thing to happen. Like, you know, sign you up for no reason. And ever since then, I kind of just didn't look back. And uh, I don't really know what clicked. You know, I just, like, I started loving it, and it was like, I really like playing this. And started getting good at it, starting to put work in the backyard. 
And then when I was nine, I proved to my dad that I wanted to, you know, play baseball so competitively that we got a batting cage in the yard and a mound. And so I was out there every day wow. working hard. Yeah, and then so I remember I'm nine and I'm playing with kids that are a little older than me, like 10, 11, 12. And I, I thought I was going to make the all-star team and I didn't for my, like, town, for town of Poughkeepsie. Mm. I didn't make it and I remember being so sad and my dad was like, hey, well, if you really want to, you just got to work. And I think since then I've had, you know, the work ethic with the game that kind of, you know, has gotten me to where I am today. And so next year I made the all-star team and, and then since then I just made two strides, you know, just working every day and kind of being like, well, if I want to get where I'm going to get, I got to work harder than everybody else. And that's just kind of been my mentality ever since I was 10 years old. So it's kind of funny though, like, you know, when I was six or seven, I didn't even want to play. And then now, look at me now, I'm a, I'm a professional, which is crazy to think yeah. about. But it's always a funny story. I like telling it. Yeah. I mean, golly, what a start. Nef- never would have ever guessed that. If somebody were to say, you know, hey, I'm a professional athlete in this certain sport, you know, I didn't really like it at first. It's crazy to even think that. But that's awesome um, that yeah. you actually kind of stuck to it after the, the third time. What other sports did you um, find interest in at a young age? I played basketball all the time, you know, I was always trying to go outside, you know, play pickup with my friends, you know, there was always a court, you know, around the block, wherever I would walk, I'd ride my bike, go see some friends, you know, pick up basketball, um, other than that, I really didn't play other sports, I kind of really just, since I was 10 years old, found a crazy love for baseball, and like, that's kind of what's been on, you know, on my back since I was 10, like, oh, Mike Pasco, baseball, you know, like, oh. that was like, always what people saw me as, just like, yeah. oh, yeah, he plays baseball, like, that was kind of like, you know, my you know, rep, and I, I, I was okay with that, because, you know, it really was, like, my life, and, uh, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just a guy who plays baseball, but, you know, it just means so much to my life, and it kind of has taught me so many life lessons that, you know, I take off the field that, yeah, I really think baseball has molded me into the person I am, so, yeah, people, when they think of my name, think of baseball, I think that's huge, so, yeah, that's how I kind of grew up, was just, you know, people know me as Mike the baseball player, so. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not a bad title to have in any way. Um, no doubt. When you, when was it that you decided that, you know what, I'm going to pursue baseball professionally? Because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we even got started. I mean, you don't just kind of draw, you know, a career out of a hat and go, you know what, I'm going to pursue that. This is a high level, you know, practice every day, can't burn out, have to have a good mentality for this kind of sport and this type of career. You had to decide, okay, it's within my reach and I want to really work hard for this. When was it that it clicked? I'm going for it professionally. I think once I got the high school ball, you know, I was, uh, I went to a high school with 4,000 people. So about a thousand graduating class. And I remember being a little freshman. I was, you know, five foot something, you know, hundred mm. something pounds soaking wet. And I show up to, uh, tryouts and there's over a hundred kids trying out for all four teams we had. We had a freshman team, a junior varsity, a varsity B and then a varsity A. So the varsity A was like the big team to make. Mm. And I remember, uh, trying out with kids who already committed to D1s, like future draft picks in my school. And it was just like crazy environment. I remember like saying, I want to be that good. And, you know, I pushed myself during that tryouts and literally gave it all I got. And I ended up uh, making varsity as a freshman, which is like a wow. big deal there. Yeah, a huge deal. And the last kid to do that before me, he actually got drafted by the Atlanta Braves out of uh, University of Michigan. His name is Drew Lugbauer. And he's been a huge part of my life, obviously. He was my That's catcher cool. in high school. But he was the last one to do that before. So, like, for me to, you know, do that, it was just a huge kind of accomplishment. I was like, wow, like, I can really go where I want to go with this game if I really, you know, start working hard. And so since that, since then, like once I got to high school, I really put up so much into it, like training, like, you know, before school, after school, like throwing, like really doing research on what I need to do to get better. And, and also getting on like a stage where, you know, I can play like, you know, the best of the best, like going to travel tournaments, you know, in Florida, 
and you know, all these big you know tournaments that you know you can go to and like play the best of the best. I, I was always trying to look for them, being the best travel teams. So I think that's when I started thinking like, well, I want to play professionally. Like you know, like mm. every kid has that dream, but like you know, it's really what you want to do about it. And you know, I, I felt well, if I put everything I got into it, I can do it. And you know. I'm glad I really proved myself right because uh, <laughs> you never know till you know. And, and now that I'm here, I'm just like very thankful that I really put in all the work and sacrificed everything I had to you know make it to this point. Yeah. And I can, I'm, I plan on continuing to do that too because obviously there's more work to do and more sacrifices to make, and I'm perfectly okay with that to be honest. Yeah. Wow. Definitely uh, a lot that goes into what your journey was like, but to make freshman or make varsity as a freshman with that many people kind of going up against you is pretty huge and you're not a big guy right now uh you are five foot eight right is that correct mm -hmm. yes um, yeah very small pitcher <laughs> so when you were in high school you probably played more than just just pitcher right you you did a lot yes, of i was uh i was actually the starting third baseman as a freshman okay um I, I could hit a little bit you know i was quick you know i was actually more of a hitter in high school than a pitcher at first and then once it became an upperclassman i started you know get a little stronger started throwing a little harder and uh, my coaches started to see my future on the mound, like, you know, just get the college ball. Uh -huh. And so I kind of started focusing more on pitching. But I also – I always could hit. Like, my dad was a huge influence on me hitting because obviously the batting cage, and he uh, he knew his hitting really well. He played when he was younger and was around, you know, good guys when he was growing up. He was just a good coach in general, like always on me, you know, always, you know, pushing me. So we were always out in that cage every day hitting. So I always had, you know, the, like, you know, the hitting part. But once people started to see, like, my arm strength and kind of like the potential had on the mound – that's kind of like, you know, when I started focusing more on that as upperclassmen. Mm. But, yeah, I was always an infielder. You know, I, I had good hands. and uh, Yeah, I actually played it all four years. And then actually my senior year was like my best year hitting. But it was my last. So it was actually pretty crazy to think about. <laughs> so you have a video up on the Internet. It says that you went from 88 miles an hour on the mound to 97 miles an hour, and uh, which is incredible, by the way. I mean, 97 miles an hour can really open a lot of doors for somebody, especially in – in the sport that you're in so how what did you do how did how long did it take what did it take what are your favorite you know exercises that helped you to you know gain velo yeah so um in high school you know I, I, like i said i wasn't very big uh but i also wasn't very strong i was just very athletic but i was fast you know quick twists kind of stuff like that and so i go down to college in houston texas at San jack you know big juco like a lot of d1 bounce backs and a lot of kids out of high school were just like looking to go to the draft and stuff like that so I get there, and I was the smallest kid there. I'm like, oh, my God, because, you know, at my high school, you know, growing up in New York, too, like, I was, I was a pretty average-sized guy. You know, I wasn't too small. Like, yeah. It must be, like, a, you know, just a Northeast thing. I get down there, and these kids are 6'5", 200-something mm -hmm. pounds. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to do something. So I started, you know, kind of asking them, hey, what do you all do? And a lot of them, hey, weight room, weight room, weight room. So I, I started getting in the weight room every day and kind of learning from them what they did and then also kind of researching my own stuff. Um, so I, I gained about 20 pounds in two years from when I walked in for, uh, fall freshman year to when I, you know, got drafted this past June. So yeah. um, that was a huge part. And also I got into like driveline baseball, which is like all the weighted ball stuff and uh, all that stuff. And I started doing a lot of research on that. And that was also huge for me, too, because I really never did anything throwing wise besides just a long toss and just try to throw as hard as I could. And so I really started doing a lot of research on that. And that's honestly probably the future of this game. And a lot of pitchers. And a lot of people now are really believing in that when it was a little skeptical at first. And it's been a huge, you know, thing for me because uh, I really put in the time to really learn it and kind of, like, see, like, what it could do for me. Like, I put all my effort into it, and I do it every time I throw. And it's just been mm. – I think that's been a huge factor. And then 
yeah, so getting strong and, and doing the driveline programs have been huge for me. And uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, both of those things, especially for a guy like me. Like, I really had the work to throw that hard. And, like, where other guys, you know, they're kind of just born with that talent. Like, I was yeah. born with a fast arm and stuff, but that, that could only take me so far. It probably would have honestly just left me being in New York and kind of maybe, you know, maybe not even playing, like, high-level college ball like I was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I think doing that was huge for me. And I continue to do that right now, like, in my first pro offseason. And, I, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So you said that you researched the weighted balls and, and, and how to train with them and stuff like that. So you didn't have any one-on-one personal instruction on this. You kind of developed this kind of on your own. Yeah, no, that thing, I think that's what the coolest part about me is. It's like, yeah, there was obviously people there, like especially from like a strength uh, part of it. Like I've had this uh, training facility I've gone to since I was eight years old. It's called North Star Sports. It's right in Poughkeepsie where I grow up and I – commute there to work out every day monday through saturday mm. but from a pitching and throwing standpoint i really kind of taught myself and i think that's why i still look at myself kind of raw right now like you know i have the arm strength and everything and, and kind of the stuff but i'm still learning how to pitch and like i'm 20 years old and i'm lucky i'm in professional baseball so now i have the best guidance you know the best coaching staff like you know former big leaguers you know all these guys have been around the game for a long time and i think i'm just starting to see that now that like i really taught myself how to you know kind of throw hard and just have talent to get to this point where like they kind of probably thought like I was just a talented kid like all the other kids that get drafted and like obviously everybody has to put their work in but I think I'm a little different to where you know I'm just a kid from New York and you know I kind of taught myself how to just do all this stuff and it kind of got me to where I'm at but now that I have all this guidance I think the sky's the limit and uh especially with like you know where I've came from too like I said before like the mentality like the work ethic I think all that comp like like combined now is like going to be huge for me so I've already been seeing huge like differences and like this offseason's been huge so I'm really excited for you know 2019 and you know this spring training and this this year so yeah, I'm excited to see what you, you're able to do. 2019, I think, is going to be awesome. San Jacinto College, how did that come about? How did you decide, I'm going to travel all the way there to play college ball? Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually crazy. Um, you know, most of the colleges that were talking to me out of high school were, you know, Division three, like, good programs in the Northeast. And like I said, I kind of took a chance on myself. You know, I was like, well, I, I want to, you know, play professionally. I want to play at a high-level D1 one day. And so... I actually played for a travel team called Northeast Baseball, and there was a guest coach one weekend, and he was a good guy from Arkansas. And mm. I remember calling him my senior year. I'm like, hey, man, like, let me be honest with you. Like, I don't want to go to any schools that are talking to me. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I really want to go to San Jack because, you know, that's the you know, best JUCO I think I can go to. Like, it's, you know, it's down south. I can be out on the field all year round like I've never been in my life. Yeah. And I just think it's a, you know, it'd be a huge program, and, it, you know, I'll, I'll work hard to, you know, play there and he was like all right let me see what i can do and no joke 15 minutes later the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator calls me and say hey like we have a spot for you like let's let's go and i was like oh my god like this wow. is really happening so yeah i was able to show up there and then didn't really look back you know like you know i was surrounded by a bunch of D- division one like baseball players like former and like going to a d1 like kind of and like every kid that bounced back from d1 went to another d1 like it was just a crazy environment like crazy good players like former high school all americans like like just crazy talent and so that's where i really was like all right well this is what i need to do so i kind of compared myself to those people and kind of got to know my teammates and kind of see what they did and just kind of observed and just kept working like you know kind of you know very low-key like you know kind of under the outskirts of everybody and like mm-hmm. just go in the gym like at late at night and stuff like that because i didn't really pitch much my freshman year because i really frankly was not good enough and so i show up sophomore year to san jack like and uh 
I was just way better. And, like, they were like, okay. Like, you know, he came, you know, a lot better. And, uh, yeah, I actually earned a scholarship because I was just a walk-on. So I earned a scholarship my sophomore year. Wow. Like, going into three semester, yeah. And uh, I had a great year. You know, I, I pitched a good amount. I came out of the pen, you know, did really well. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, the draft stuff kind of came about. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. And then, yeah, I heard my name called, and I just lost it. I was like, this is this is the craziest ride, like, I could ever have thought of. But I wouldn't change it for anything, you know what I mean? Because it's actually a crazy story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from what I can understand, uh, it's really worked out for you when you are able to take a loss or take a failing failing moment and make it into a learning one. Nine years old, you decided, you know, I got to put my head down. I got to work hard. And from that point on, you really pursued the sport. You know, you go to Jack San Jacinto and then you decide, you know, I got to work harder to become something or somebody relevant here at college. And things have just kind of worked out in that way. That's pretty awesome, man. You you really know how to bounce back. And you. So would you say your mental game has played a huge part in the way that your career's gone? Yeah, no, no doubt. And I honestly think it's, you know, it's been a huge, like, progressive thing for me because, like, you know, it's not always been the best. I used to be so hard on myself to where I'd actually go backwards and then even until up until my first pro season, like this year, mm. like I was still let you know, stuff get to me and kind of like, you know, get very frustrated myself. But this offseason has been good to kind of, you know, step away from the game. I had like a couple months to not throw a baseball, only just work out and kind of just think about like, who I am and like kind of really like take the mental game to the next level. And I think going into this year has been like the best mentally prepared I've always been because I've always been hardworking. I've always been able to put my head down, but I've never really like been able to think and focus. And so now I'm like more focused than ever on like, you know, pitching and every aspect of like baseball and every aspect of life. And, uh, but yeah, I think if anybody wants to be successful, it's really mentally that it's a huge part because if you're not, you know, mentally there, you'll never be physically there either because that's just yeah. how baseball is. It's like the only sport where like it really takes all of your focus and like, like everything you have like in your mind to like really make everything happen, which is like, I think why it's, it's, you know, one of the greatest sports out there. And I think that's why people should kind of, you know, realize that when, you know, there's so like, you know, there's guys out there grinding every day and like the mental part, you just need it. Like you've got to have it. And, you know, that's just something I work on every day. Like I do something like mentally to try to get better. Cause you know, I feel like the toughest like part of like my career is not, ha- hasn't even came yet. So I'm just preparing myself for that. So it's not, you know, a huge downfall and he's bounced right back, like you said. So yeah. that's kind of what I've been working on this offseason too. Mike, what colleges were interested um, in you after JUCO or while you were still playing? Were, were there a few colleges like knocking on your door? Yeah, for sure. I actually committed to St. John's, which is back in Queens, New York, Okay, which is where I stay now. And uh, yeah, no, I, that's where I committed. They, uh, they gave me a great offer. And uh, like, out of, like, what's crazy about it is out of high school, I was not good enough to go there. So I thought it was crazy how like two years later, you know, they, they contacted me again. They saw me throw down in Texas, actually, at the JUCO All-Star game. Oh, cool. I was like, oh, wow, you guys made it all the way down here. Like, yeah, and it's funny because, like, you know, you live, like, right up the road, basically. And so I was able to, you know, talk to them. And I didn't really need to visit or anything to campus because I've already seen it so many times because I, I live right there. Yeah. And, you know, they came with me with an offer. And, you know, I talked to a couple other, like, you know, Division One schools. But, like, they were kind of my best offer. And I honestly wanted to go back home and kind of, you know, show everybody you know, who i become. So I committed there, you know, in October of my sophomore year. And then, yeah, so, I mean, it was a great program and a great choice, I think, on me. I was very excited to go there if the draft didn't, you know, happen this year. Yeah, yeah. So you got to tell me what your experience has been like with the Blue Jays so far. Obviously, it's a totally different environment than you've ever been in high school, summer ball, you know, uh, travel ball, college. It's a, a whole new environment. Ages range from, you know, as young as it can get all the way to, some some veterans you know you've you've probably experienced so many different things what's so different about this level than ever before well you know 
it's honestly like the craziest grind you, like anybody can think of. You know, you're at the field for 12 hours a day. You wake up and you get get right to the field. You eat. You're doing early work. You're throwing, taking BP, all this stuff, and it's every single day for like the whole year. And you know, it's, I haven't even gone through a full season yet. I've only gone through a short season. So that's another reason why, like I said before, I'm working on this mental thing because like that's what a lot of the veteran guys have told me. Like you need to be prepared for that. Mm. And going to towards like the veteran kind of part of it, like I love to talk to guys who have been around like you know pro baseball three, four years because like they kind of know what to do, what not to do, you know, how to go about everything, how to be a professional because like. You know, six months ago, right, but right before June, like I was just an average, you know, college kid. Now I'm a professional, and I have to, you know, be a professional on and off the field. So they kind of taught me how to do that, and that's been a huge, you know, part of like you know me progressing in this game. And like also, like I've never learned more about the game of baseball in my life. And you know, it's crazy. I think uh, Ted Williams once said it. He was like, "It's crazy how much you don't know about a game you've been playing your whole life," and it's so true. Because once you get into professional baseball. It is your life, you know. It's it's your job, and like a lot of people think, oh, you're just playing a game for your job. Like, well, yes and no, though. Like, it really is like a business part. Like, you know, all there's all this money going around. Like, there's so much that mm. goes into it that you kind of gotta, you know, put your blinders on, not think about. And you know, it's just a it's a grind. It's very mentally taxing, like I said. But um, it's honestly the coolest thing like I could possibly do. You know, it's like a dream come true. And uh, as, as as it may on some days be like so bad, like I would not want to be. You know, sitting you know in a classroom like I should be right now, yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. I, I'm very blessed to be a part of it, and you know, I love this game. And uh, I think the grind kind of like tests you, like you know, it's kind of like baseball's way of testing you. Like, do you really love this game, and do you really want to you know make it all the way? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what minor league baseball is all about is like really seeing how tough you are. So that's you know, you know, obviously talent will take you so far, but also like you got to really work through it and kind of you sort of grind out every day, and then you know the awards are endless after that yeah yeah absolutely i find it kind of funny when people say you know all you do is play a game for a living i never played professional ball but you know the difference in the game it you know from week to week is always so big there's you know different games different ways that people play i mean there's so many things that go to go into a game that you have to prepare for first off and then the way that the game evolves i mean it's just it's just another conversation i guess but yeah i mean i'm totally there with you it's it's not as easy as people think it is. Um, Mike, what has been your favorite field to ever play on? Hmm. Um, probably uh, when I was in high school, I was able to get invited to this uh, really good event. It was the Perfect Game National Showcase, and it was at oh. the Red Sox Spring Training Field, which looks hmm. just like Fenway. And uh, it's actually it's called Jet Blue Park, and that was like the nicest field I've ever stepped foot on. I remember pitching in it, and like you can hear the glove pop after a pitch, like the mm. bat sound great. Like I saw balls getting hit off the monster, not off me, luckily, which was good. <laughs> so it was a good day <laughs> for me. But I saw, you know, I saw all that, and uh, that was a beautiful field, and like it literally felt like I was playing at Fenway. It looks just like it. It's just in Florida, and so it was like beautiful weather. Uh. I think that was probably the coolest field I stepped on. And then probably this summer though, uh, when I was playing in the Appalachian League. Uh, the Pulaski Yankees, which was in our, our league, uh, they had a really nice field. It was in a really cool area. It was very hilly and, like, great stadium, a lot of fans. I remember pitching there July 4th, and I looked up, and it, it was like, I swear, it was like a scene from the sandlot. I looked up, and there's fireworks going out of houses next to the field. And I'm like, wow, I'm pitching in a professional baseball game right now against yeah. the minor league team for the New York Yankees, the team I looked up to, like, when I was growing up. And now I'm pitching against their minor league team, and they're just fireworks going on. It's July 4th, and 
I'm playing professional baseball and I just couldn't believe it. Like, so I think that was probably the coolest like field slash moment I had all summer. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I wanted to know kind of like maybe who your biggest influences are in the sport. I mean, obviously coaches mold you, you know, uh, players help you, you know, your, your peers, you get tips from and you learn from as you kind of watch them do or be successful throughout their games. Uh, who has influenced you the most? Maybe your top two or three people that have really impacted you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, I think first, you know, not really a personal way, but kind of just like watching him was obviously like, you know, growing up in New York, like got to be a huge Derek Jeter fan. Like I remember, you know, watching him every day and kind of seeing how he went about his business. And like he was the most professional person you could be. Uh, uh, everybody wanted to be Derek Jeter. I remember being in the backyard doing like the jump throw and everything. Of course. And I swear I, was, I swear I was really good at it. <laughs> and <laughs> it was um, it was a lot of fun to watch him, you know, because he was just he went about his business every day. And playing in New York in like New York is very hard. You know, a lot of people criticize you. Like the fans are tough on you, and like, a lot of people can't do it. And he was able to do it so well, and everybody loved him that I just always looked up to him. And I was actually fortunate enough to go to his last game at Yankee Stadium when he hit that walk off hit. No way. And I just like. Yeah, and I swear, like, I've never seen anything crazy. Like, storybook ending to, like, the perfect guy. And yeah. I just was like, I want to, you know, be like that. Like, I want people to, like, you know, look up to me. And I want to be a role model. So I think he was, like, a big influence on, like, kind of like a, you know, like a big stage kind of, like, which is his job. Like, that's what, you know, I feel like a lot of people who get on that, like, you know, platform are able to do is kind of become a role model, like, inspire people. So I think he was huge for me. Um, even though I, I've never said a word to him and I would love to one day. So hopefully that happens yeah. and like tell him that, that kind of story. Like I, I saw his last hit, I was like right there. Like it was crazy. I was with my parents hugging him and I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then kind of going, uh, my parents have been huge too. Like they've never, you know, they've supported me through this whole process, you know, the, the lows, the highs, everything. Um, you know, my dad spent hours and hours out in the fields, you know, out coaching me, coaching my friends growing up, you know, spending extra time on me. And like the best part was like he never treated me different. He actually treated me harder than all the other kids because, you know, I was his son. And he wanted me to you know, be, be the best I could be. And you know, even to this day, like he'll come to see me pitch. And he's like, oh, you got to do this. Guy. Like he's always on me. And like I would never, you know, change that for the world. Like I would I, I love that. And um and then my mom too kind of supported me through everything kind of like you know being there like bringing me to like games when my dad was working like bringing me all over the country so they've been huge and uh you know it's 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 a blessing to kind of make them proud and kind of see how they talk about me to their friends like oh like my son you know is blessed enough to play professional baseball and it's just been a huge yeah. like like moment in my life to kind of you know give back to them kind of because all the hours and time they spent with me kind of just dragging me around to like wherever i had to go they never said no like they've never said no and, you know, I think it's been – that was, like, the best feeling, too, was when I got drafted, like, get, kind of being like, hey, like, I did this. like, And, like, it wouldn't be because of you guys. So I think I think they were huge parts. And then, uh, yeah, I think that those are really, like, the biggest people in my life because, um, you know, I've been so focused. Like I said, I've sacrificed a lot that, like, you know, I was always able to have, like, a small circle around me in my life. And I think my parents, they've just been there my whole life. So I think they're the biggest influence I've had. So whenever people say, like, hard work pays off – it's definitely true for you, but it also means the people around you that are closest to you, they make sacrifices as well. That's yeah. part of like the rewards as well, right? Yeah, no, and like they like I said, they have sacrificed so much. Like like we like no vacations so I can go play baseball or like yeah. you know, spending their hard work earned money on me going to play or me you know, paying money for like the gym or training or pitching less, so, like anything, like anything I ever asked for, like, oh, I, I know, because I was also very smart too. Like, I wasn't going to jump into something and waste money because, you know, that's not 
you know, polite, you know, that's just not respectful. So, um, they never said no, though. They always trusted me, and uh, I'm very thankful for that. What would you say has been your proudest in-game moment or, or one of the things that you are you had, uh, looking back, probably your best time on a field or mm-hmm. winning something, something like that? Yeah, so actually my senior year of high school, um, I remember I was pitching in a game. It was early April. Um, it was like my third start of the year. And I was also the leadoff hitter, too, so like they didn't DH for me because I was able to swing a little bit, like I said. Mm. And I remember um, I, I, I threw, like, three innings. Like, I was, like, cruising along, and I'm like, wow, I'm doing pretty good, and I feel good. And about the fourth, fifth inning came. We only played seven innings in high school, and I'm like, like I get up to bat, and I remember stepping out of the box. I'm like, what should I concentrate on hitting right now? Like, I was always very focused, like, very disciplined at the plate, and I was like – I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I get in the dugout, and I'm, I'm heading back up to the mound, and I look at the score, and it's like 4 nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm throwing a no-hitter right now. Wow. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to say anything, obviously. So I kept <laughs> doing the same thing between the innings. I had this water bottle right above uh, where I was sitting on, like, this, like, ledge, and I, kept, I took a sip every time I came in, put it down, uh, had my glove the same place, took my hat off same place, sat there, only got up when I had to go hit, and the seventh inning comes around, and I, like, was like, oh, my God, like, I could really make something like special here. So I remember getting the first two outs and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And I finally got that third out. I just remember everybody going crazy in the stands and like my whole team running out. And I remember my parents being there and it was just like the craziest moment. Cause like that doesn't really happen around, you know, where I was from a lot. And uh, it was front page news. Like it was crazy. And that's kind of where I, I think I left my mark, you know, growing up in Poughkeepsie was like, you know, I'm going to do big things and I want to be remembered for always working hard and like, you know, not getting any of this, like I never got handed any of this stuff, and uh, I think that was kind of the biggest moment I had on the field because it was in my hometown. It was at my high school. Mm, yeah. It was my senior year, so I think that was like really cool. And like you know, I I left you know New York for two years to go to school in Houston, but I wanted that to be like the last thing people remember me by. And, and now it's obviously playing for the Blue Jays, which is really cool. So I think the last two big things baseball wise I've done have been just huge impacts, you know, on my hometown. So it's been really cool to kind of leave that, like you know as my last, you know, kind of following memory. So it's pretty cool. I got to love this superstition part of the whole thing. I mean, obviously baseball's huge on that, but you made sure to, to not jinx yourself in any way. I'm glad you didn't say anything. That's like the worst. Thing no, you yeah, and my, my teammates weren't either. They're being really good. Cause they're like, they're very excited, obviously. Cause they're, you know, obviously being a part of any no hitter, no matter who's throwing it, you're just like, wow. Like, especially the defense too. Like, I couldn't take my defense enough. I think there were a couple of diving plays where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, and my catcher, too, you know, he was one of my best friends. And uh, and then also the pitching coach I had in high school, too, who I actually just ran into the other day at the gym. Um, he called the whole game, called every pitch, and it was it was just, like, the craziest thing. It was just everything was in sync, and, uh, yeah, it was actually insane. So, like, yeah, crazy. the superstition part was uh, kind of the easy part. I was just kind of <laughs> doing it and trying, trying to finish the job was the hard part, but – yeah, I'm really glad, like, looking back, that, you know, I gave everything I had that day. Mike, what have been some of the big perks of playing pro ball so far? Uh, maybe I've heard a lot of different things and a lot of different possibilities, like free stuff or being able to see places or just meeting people. What has been what have been a couple of the best perks for you? I think, like like you said, like, meeting people, um, it's really cool to, like, kind of meet your teammates and then also meet, like, kids on other teams and, like, kind of hear their story, like, how did you get drafted or, or how did you sign a deal or, like, you know, where you're from and stuff like that. And it's just, it's all been a crazy ride for all of us and we're all, we all have the same goal. So, I think it's really cool to be around, like, a lot of kids, you know, around your age, near your age, 
with the same love and the same drive, you know, which is like kind of hard because sometimes you play college ball, like some kids like, yeah, I just want to play this, you know, everybody has their different goals, but everybody in professional baseball is trying to make it to the show. And it's just really cool to be around a lot of driven guys like that every day. You, know, mm. you don't have to worry about like somebody being negative or somebody, you know, not wanting to like, you know, work hard because everybody's like, I want to make it too. So it's really a, a competitive atmosphere. I think that's a really cool aspect. And another thing is also just the opportunity and kind of like, you know, the rush of it, like the rush of like, tr- you know, really trying to make it. And um, I think that's like what the, the coolest part about it is like every day I wake up and like I have, a, I have an opportunity that like not a lot of people can, you know, have. And like, it's also like an opportunity where like people would like die for it. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I was at that point and I, now I always look back at that, you know, when I was in high school, when I was in little league, like we all talked about, it's crazy to think about, like I, I would have killed for this chance now that I have it, like. I can't let it go to waste. I have to every day do something, you know, to work towards that dream. And um, I think that's what the coolest part is, just the rush of, like, the opportunity. And, like, it's obviously, like, a skeptical thing. Like, you don't know. And, like, you know, there's all this politics and stuff. But I think the rush of it is just worth it in general. And then, you know, if you really, you know, put the work in and, you know, a little bit of luck and, you know, all this and that, everything kind of falls into, you know, place. And you obviously make it. It's just probably the craziest feeling in the world. So that's kind of what, it's driving me every day to wake up in the morning, like do whatever I can. And um, I think that's probably the coolest part about playing professional baseball. Yeah, for sure. Mike, I want to know a couple of your personal preferences or maybe some opinions that you have on this sport. First off, I wanted to know because everybody's different pants up or pants down when you play the sport of baseball. I actually am a huge fan of pants up with stirrups. That's what I did in college and Uh. high school. Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to do it with the Blue Jays yet, but I wore my pants up all summer, and I'm going to have to look into that for next year. But I'm a huge stirrups guy. I think it looks clean. It's, it's just a baseball look. And, um, yeah, I wore, I wore stirrups since I was a freshman in high school. So, I mean, I, I'm going to try and work somehow with the Blue Jays this year. Like, hey, like, you know, you guys got a pair of stirrups. Or, like, can we do something? Because that's just, like, you know, my thing. Like, you know, that's what kind of I always wore. So, yeah, um, that, yeah that's my personal preference. I think that's just, like, the clean baseball look is stirrups. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing because, you know, some people really like the pants up without stirrups. Some people like it with stirrups because, mm-hmm. you know, possibility of you not having the calves for it. So you have the calves for it. You can make them stay up. Yeah, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very tall, so I think it kind of makes you look a little taller too when I wear the stirrups. So. There you go. <laughs> perfect, yeah. perfect. Um, your pitching repertoire, what, what pitches do you have or what pitches do you throw that you um, use in-game situations? Yeah, so I throw a fastball a changeup and a slider. Okay. You keep it simple. Yeah, very simple. But uh, I think a three-pitch mix is honestly all you need. And then after that, you just kind of got to, you know, perfect each pitch. Because you know, I feel like a lot of people try to be like, try to do too much. I try to do like five, six pitches. And it's kind of like you got to perfect what you're really good at. So I think those three is kind of all you need. Some guys only need two, like, you know, closers, relievers. Yeah. So Mario Rivera only needed one. You just needed that cutter. That's so, definitely <laughs> true. Yeah. So if you're very good at, like, what you have, and, like, you, you can mix it up you know, kind of confuse the hitters, like, just get really good at it. You normally need to go outside of, like, you know, your zone. You just kind of stay right in within yourself. And so, yeah, every day I try to perfect those three pitches, and I feel like that's gonna, what's, what's going to help me get, you know, to where I want to get. I got to know what your favorite warm-up exercise is before games. Hmm. Probably um, doing a couple sprints and then high knees. Like, I, I love to do high knees. I like to do footwork stuff. I like – I really have really fast speed. Like I've done a lot of training. Like you know, I almost train like a football player. Like you know, all the Ooh. high knees, like through ladders and stuff. So I really like to get my my blood flowing like that. Like you know, high knees, butt kicks, you know, side shuffles, 
couple sprints and because uh, you know I like to do that stuff like feel athletic and once I hop on a mat I'm able to kind of feel like strong and controlled because I just did a bunch of you know fast movements so mm. those are kind of my favorite things but yeah I enjoy kind of like doing high knees and you know stuff like that quick feet stuff that like, a lot of football players would do so I think you answered this already you said that you like the weighted balls but what I wanted to ask um, and as far as your opinion goes, uh, most important arm health routine. Do you use bands? Do you use any resistance of any sort? Yeah, so um, I do the, the Jager bands, as you know, it's been very popular. Uh, the Alan Jager uh, did and uh, you know has them out, and they're huge for me. I, I, I cannot throw a baseball unless I, you know, use them before I throw. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then I go into the weighted balls, you know, the drive-line balls. I do all the um, – you know, drills that, you know, like the warm-up drills, mm-hmm. you can kind of get my arm going. I'm not throwing, like, them as hard as I can, but just kind of get my arm mm-hmm. going. And then, you know, after that, I get into, like, my long toss, you know, just catching a baseball, yeah. you know, throwing it, you know, kind of, like, stretch it out a little bit, just get a good feel. And then once I come in from that, kind of throw a couple on a line. And once again on the mound, just kind of find my spots. And then last couple, you know, let them rip, you know, see what I got that day and then ready to roll. Awesome, awesome. And so my last question for you as far as preference goes is your glove, your cleats, your – gear basically what brands do you stick to yeah so for gloves i'm a huge rawlings guy i think it's a clean look uh you know i know a lot of people like wilson a lot of people like you know other brands but i think rawlings is like the true baseball glove like that is baseball it's rawlings so um every year you know i get a i get a new rawlings and uh, i like to switch it up a little bit kind of be like not too flashy but just kind of like something cool and different i don't like to be mm. like the same as everybody so like last year i had a i had like a dark chocolate glove with like gold labels and i thought that was really cool and then this year I have like an all black glove with like red accents, like red or black uh, patches with like red accents. And I'm looking forward to that. And then, so when I get into cleats and like gear, I really like uh, Jordan. So like Jumpman stuff. Like I like the, the Jordan cleats. Like I throw with them, like, you know, right now in the off season and I'm a huge Jordan guy. Um, you know, I, I have a bunch of Jordan shoes. I have a whole collection. So I like to get wow. the cleats too, kind of match that. Yeah. And then like, you know, apparel wise, like Nike or Jordan is like kind of what I'm really into. Um, I know like Adidas is making good stuff, like Under Armour stuff, but that's just kind of who I am. I feel like I grew up around that. You know, in, in New York, everybody's wearing Jordans or Timberlands, so like that's kind of what I grew up around. Yeah. So on the field, you know, I can't wear Tim's, you know, on the field, so I like to wear Jordan kind of stuff, and I kind of just think that kind of reminds me of where I'm from, and it kind of reminds me of New York, and just, you know, I, I also love Michael Jordan and kind of love, you know, the sneakers and all that stuff that goes with it. So, yeah, that's what I like to use. And, yeah, it's pretty much so like Nike, Jordan, and Rawlings is my go-to. So for, when you say Jordan, and obviously Nike is kind of – it's very closely associated. I don't think they're the exact same thing anymore. But yeah. do you do customized cleats? Because I know Jordan has a limited selection, right? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I actually got a pair uh, of Jordans, and I sent them to this uh, new up-and-coming company called Katie Custom uh, Cleats. It's like a big Instagram page right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, one of my good friends is actually like one of the co-owners. He actually went to St. John's. He pitches for the White Sox. So – they actually hit me up. I was like, hey, like, we should customize some cleats. I was like, yo, I'd love to. So I actually sent them in uh, at the end of my season, and they just got back to me about a month ago. Like, they sent them back, and, like, uh, I just had them put, make them blue and red, like the Blue Jays colors, and then yeah. actually put, like, my uh, area code from where I grew up in New York, and uh, they're really cool. And, like, so, yeah, like, I, I like to play around. I, like I said, I like to be different. So that was a really cool aspect. And having the Jordans, like I said, I love, and also, like, having like blue jay colors and then my you know area code on them like, i thought that was really cool so yeah i try to be different though like i'm i'm probably gonna do another pair of cleats with them before the season starts too of uh you know jordan or nikes whatever i decide to get for the yeah. season that's awesome 
Mike, I, I really appreciated having you on. I was hoping to get a little bit of advice for people that are hoping to pursue their dreams in any any sport or any uh, profession that maybe the, a goal that they've set out for themselves. What advice would you uh, give to that person? Mm-hmm. So like I said before, and like we talked about, like about failure, like I think a lot of people look at failure as like, you know, a very bad thing, you know, and I get that because that's where I've been for, you know, basically my whole life. But what I've realized, you know, lately, you know, ever since I got, you know, into this profession is like, you got to look at failure as like almost a good thing because that means like, all right, well now you know that you have to get better at that or you know like, oh, I didn't do that right, so I need to do it this mm-hmm. way. And I think a lot of people, you know, who look at failure as almost a good thing are the people who actually, you know, make huge strides in their life and kind of, you know, get closer to what they want than a lot of other people who kind of sit there and kind of let it get to them, which is where I was for a long time. And, uh, you know, I've realized that. I'm glad that I can kind of relate to those people now that I can kind of help them, which is, like, why I want to get into this big platform like Derek Jeter. Like, you know, like, he was able to be a huge role model. And I want to be able there, too, to be able to relate to people who have been in my shoes and, like, kind of been where I'm at. But I think, you know, just dealing with failure in a positive way is honestly the best thing you could possibly do if you want to, you know, achieve your dreams. And I'm still working on that every day. Because, you know, I obviously still get frustrated with stuff, you know, baseball related or just so outside or off the field. But I would say, you know, trying to be very positive every day and kind of just let failure happen because it's going to happen to everybody. Nobody's perfect. So mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks again for being on the show. We're going to do a little bit more, uh, a couple more things together here in the near future. But uh, I wish you the very best of luck this upcoming year, man. And, uh, and uh, we hope to see you on TV soon. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe.